Hello everyone, thank you for listening to today's message. My name is Pastor Dwayne Light, lead pastor at the Life Point Community Church. What you're going to hear today is a message from one of our recent services. And we believe that by listening to today's message, you're going to be blessed and encouraged from the Word of God. You're going to be strengthened, and we believe that God's going to speak to you in a very fresh, new, and real way through today's message. So thanks again for listening. Be blessed and encouraged, and we love you. God bless. Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much for being here today. Um, I, I just want to turn your attention to the screen. We're starting a brand new series called Who Do You Think You Are? And, and so I just want you to read that title to yourself. Just kind of in your mind, read it to yourself. So just so I know who I'm talking to, who read that with a very sarcastic tone in your head? Okay, there's two, three, four, a couple of honest people. There we go. Who do you think you are? Well, that, that's really not how I want you to hear that phrase. That's why I highlighted those two words. Who do you think you are? So, uh, I have a given name, and then I have some other names. My name is Dwayne. My kids call me Dad. When... Matthew's being sarcastic. He calls me father. <laughs> Donna's got a whole list of names for me, depending on how I'm behaving. Husbands, can I get a witness from you guys? You know how that is, don't you? While we were in Statesboro, I got branded with a nickname. Everybody there calls me D. I don't know how it became that. I, I don't know where it came from. It just and if I get texts from people from Statesboro, it's, hey, D. I don't know. I've got a lot of names. My best friend from, from childhood. Now, now I'm going to tell you this story, but here, you're never allowed to use this name. My best friend from childhood calls me Wayne. To this day. To this day, I performed the wedding ceremony for his daughter, and he's calling me Wayney. <laughs> Siri calls me Big Daddy. <laughs> Siri calls me Big Daddy. So what's, what's your name? Maybe a better question is what defines you. See, I, I think we have allowed a lot of different things to define us. For some of us, it's our political affiliation. I'm a Republican, Democrat, Libertarian, Conservative, Liberal, whatever. For some of us, it's our marital status. Our, we're single, we're married, divorced, single again, want to be single again. <laughs> that was not nice, no. For some, it's our family situation. We are quasi-part-time empty nesters, which is a little weird sometimes. We, for some of us, we're defined by our career. What, what are you? I'm a pastor. I'm a school teacher. I'm a police officer. I'm a truck driver. Is that what defines us? Is what we do? For some of us, it's our past. Maybe you're, you're here today and you can't. And what 
has defined you, maybe not of your own choosing, has been your past because there was some stuff back there that, and, and now you carry a label. Is that what defines you? Maybe it's your future. Like when people ask me about my kids, I, I oftentimes tell them what, what their goals are, why they're in school, what they're trying to become. But do any of those labels, do any of those things really define who you are? Maybe. So I, I looked in Scripture, and there's this book in, in, in the New Testament called Ephesians. And what I believe that this is going to tell us, what Ephesians is going to tell us over the next several weeks, is who you really are. See, are, are you more than a dad, even though being a dad's an awesome thing? But is that all you are? Are you, are you more than a school teacher? Are you more than a truck driver? Are you more than a pastor? See, I, I think you are. Are you more than a recovering addict? Yes. Yes. So let me tell you a couple things about this book called Ephesians. It's in your New Testament. I'll, I'll, can I, you want me to give you a clue as to how to find it really easily? Um, there's four, uh, we call them epistles. There's four letters in the New Testament that are back to back to each other. And I've always found them by remembering General Electric Power Company. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. You'll never forget that now, will you? General Electric Power Company. So the E is, so it's between Galatians and Philippians. And here's, it's, it's what's known as a prison epistle. And what that means is Paul wrote this letter from prison. I don't know about you, but that kind of makes, adds a level of validity to everything he says. It's not like he's, you know, in some club med, you know, resort. He is in a Roman prison writing this letter. So understand that as we start to go through that. The second thing is who he's writing it to. He's writing it to a church. He's writing to a church that is very much desiring to go forward. To, to leave where they are and to become more mature. So my question to you at the onset of these several weeks, are you going forward? See, I have people ask me all the time, well, I'm, I'm, not, a, I'm not a good enough Christian. Well, there was only one good enough Christian, and his name was Jesus. That's why we call him Christian. But I do believe we're all on a journey. Would you agree with that? That we're all on a journey. And I think the most important thing is not that you've achieved some level of perfection, whatever that might look like, but that you're moving forward. See, because in my own journey, I've been in a place where I was, I've moved forward, and I've been in a place where I've stayed still and stagnant. And maybe you, like me, could say, point to a time in your, in your walk with Christ, and maybe that's today where you've backed up some. Well, he wrote this letter to a group of people who were trying to move forward. And I hope that defines you today. I hope you're trying to move forward. I'm not saying that, you're, that you don't mess up, that you don't slip up, that you don't have struggles, because we all do. I, but are, are you doing all you can to move forward? That's who he's talking to. And, and I want to show you something kind of cool. Um, I have this little, I have this way that I study when it's, when it's time to, um, when, it's, when it's time to, prepare a series or a sermon and so i sat down with the book of ephesians and don't judge me but i read my bible from my ipad 
because I'm blind. <clears throat> and so I, I just started with Ephesians chapter 1, and I thought, well, well here's what I'm going to do at the onset of this preparing this message series is I'm just going to read, and everywhere I see a passage of Scripture that defines who I am or who we are, I'm going to highlight it. So here's what I want you to look at. This is Ephesians chapter 1. Just, can you see the highlights? That's chapter 1. So needless to say, this will not be an exhaustive, you know, um, we won't come to any great conclusions over the next four weeks, five weeks, however, four or five weeks. Because there's so much in this book about who you are and what your identity is in Christ and what Christ has done for you and who he called you to become and, and, the, and the journey that he's called you on. So I need you to understand that at the very onset, this is not exhaustive. There's so much more than we're going to be able to cover. In fact, I sent Donna a text message this past week with a picture of my little notebook that I... And I'm like, I don't know how to, I don't know how to compile this into, into five weeks. It's, it's just, I said all that to say this. Man, God's got a great plan for your life. God's got a great plan for what you're supposed to become and what you're supposed to be. And so before we go anywhere, just, just know this. Let's, let's make a commitment together that over these next few weeks, we're going to move forward. So the first thing, first thing we're going to talk about this week, here's who you are. You are blessed. Why don't don't you do this? Why don't you turn to somebody sitting close to you and just say those words, you are blessed. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 says it this way. Praise be to the God of our Father, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now here's what you need to know. If you're reading King James, that word praise is blessed. Who has blessed us with, in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Let's, let's unpack that just a little bit. See, the word blessing in the New Testament, I've told you many times that the original languages of Scripture are much more descriptive than the English language. And so sometimes we struggle with translation. So let me kind of, their word blessed is kind of like our word there. They're going over there to take their car over there. You know, it, it's, it's almost like that. So let's, let's unpack it a little bit. Um, that word praise, the very beginning, is, is blessed. That word who has blessed us in the heavenly realms, that word really means bestowed upon, passed down to. In the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing, that word points to the favor of God. So it may read like this. Praise be the God of, and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has bestowed on us in the heavenly realms with every good thing from God. That's what that passage means. And that's who you are. You've been blessed by God. Now let, let's, let's, um, let's unpack this word blessed for just a minute. Because we've We've prostituted that word. Because here's what we've made that to mean. 
We, may, we, we make blessings mean money. Blessings to mean financial stability. And listen, I'm not telling you that God doesn't bless financially. In fact, if you can testify that God has blessed you financially in one way, shape, form, or fashion, let me see your hands. See, so we know that He does those things. But to say that all that blessing is, is a financial blessing, a material blessing, is, is, doesn't come close to what the true meaning of the word is. So if you're taking notes, write this down. Blessings aren't not, are not necessarily tangible. They're not always things that you can hold. They're not always things that you can use. They're not always things that you can spend. I would say it like this. Don't confuse stuff with blessings because your best stuff is going to burn your best stuff is going to wear out your best stuff won't be here a million years from now most of our stuff won't be here next year so that's the first thing I want you to understand about blessing it's not necessarily tangible things And that genuine blessings from God should never become curses. Let me me tell you what I mean by that. And and frankly, some of us are going to have to change the way we use our language. How many of you are thankful for your income? We shouldn't be thankful for our income and curse the job that provides it. We shouldn't be thankful that we're able to pay our bills and curse our employer. How many thankful for a roof over our head, over your head, over my head? We shouldn't be thankful for that roof over our head and then curse it every time it springs a leak. James said it like this, how can out of the same mouth come blessings and curses? So I want you to redefine some things today and we'll talk about this a little later. If you really are blessed, that needs to be in your vocabulary. If you really are blessed, and how many of you believe that you genuinely are blessed people? If you don't, we need to... Man, that's why short-term mission trips are so powerful. You don't believe you're blessed. Go, go anywhere else in the world. Here's some reasons you're blessed if you're taking notes. Write these down. You're blessed. And I'm just going to tell you as we get into this, um, I, I'm going to say some things that's going to be uncomfortable. Uh, I'm going to say some things that uh, may fly in the face of, uh, of some things that you've heard. Um, but that's why we use the Bible. Listen, I, I'm, I'm going to do my best to, to teach the Bible today. And if you, if you disagree with something I say, I don't want to hear about it because I didn't write it. I mean, you can send me an email if you want to. I don't care, but I, I, I'm going to do my best to just teach the Bible today. So here's the first thing I want you to write down. You're blessed because you're loved by God. Here's what Scripture says, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4. Even before He made the world, God loved us. Is that good news? Okay. The fact that you're not on your feet means that you don't understand how powerful that word is. The creator of the universe, 
the one who knit all of this stuff together, if that's what you choose to believe, the one that spoke the world into existence and breathed breath into your lungs, loves you. Not a love like, I love the bulldogs, and I do. Not that kind of love. An everlasting, unchanging, powerful love. That's how you're loved by God. So I'm going to ask you a question. Is it possible to experience God's love in a deeper way? I say yes. See, there's this, there's this idea, and I'm not saying it's necessarily untrue, but we hear the, we hear the phrase that, that, well, God is love. And He is. Scripture tells us God is love. We hear the phrase that God loves everybody, and I believe He does. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. God so loved the world. Okay, that's everybody, right? But if we read this book that we're diving into today, there's a way to experience God's love on a deeper level. See if I can explain it like this. Please don't judge me for what I'm getting ready to say. I love your children. I don't love your children like I love my children. Is that fair? If you're married, I love your spouse. I don't love your spouse like I love my spouse. That's how preachers get in trouble. Just throwing that out there. It's frowned upon in most circles. God loves his children. The children of God experience his love in a greater way than others. So here's your question. Aren't we all the children of God. Here's where I'm going to mess with you. No. We're all His creation. But here's what Jesus said. You know, Jesus said some things that were very uncomfortable to the religious people of His day, and they're even more uncomfortable to us today. Because here's what He said. Yet to all who did receive him, say receive him. him. To those who believed in his name, say believed in his name. name. To all who did receive him, to all who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Listen to me. I'm not a child of God because God created me. I'm I'm a child of God because he adopted me. Because I received his son and believed on his name. That's how you, re- how, how you experience the love of God on a deeper level. Does he love the world? Yes, he does. But can I tell you something? He loves his children. And I am loved by God because he adopted me into his family. I'm his child. And if you've received him and you've believed on his name, then he loves you with an everlasting love. Now that, that's hard to say and it's hard to hear because, you're, because we're already as Christian people been accused of excluding others. And I'm telling you, he said, whosoever will come 
And can I tell you that we don't lock the doors for anyone, and we don't. But we don't. This is this is the plan of God. Is if you want to experience His love on the deepest level, receive Him, believe on His name, chase Him, follow Him, surrender, die to Him, and you'll experience love like you've ever, never, ever, ever been able to imagine. So I said that to say that there was that was I guess that's a good news bad news kind of thing, isn't it? Here's the good news. It's called the gospel. For God so loved the world, he gave his only son that here's the here's the beautiful word whosoever. Aren't you glad you're whosoever? See, listen to me. There is no distinction regardless of who you are where you come from, what your name is, what people call you, it doesn't matter. You can experience the love of God, your Creator, your Father, in a deep way simply by receiving His Son, Jesus, and believing on His name. Oh, see, that's different than just saying a prayer when you're eight, isn't it? It's different than just reciting after a preacher. I'm talking about laying your life down. Why would I do that? Because the, the more I say no to Dwayne, the deeper level of his love I experience. It just works. It just works. Does it work? Just so I know. Amen. So you're blessed because you're loved by God. You're blessed because you're a recipient of God's grace. How many of you deserve his love? Nobody in the room. Ephesians 1 and 6 says, So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us. Listen, here it comes again. Who belong to his dear son. Can I tell you something? Everybody can sing Amazing Grace. But man, when you've experienced what forgiveness looks like, when you have experienced what freedom feels like, that's when you understand how amazing grace is. When you understand what it means to, be, to pass from death to life, for Him to take all that's old and make it brand new, that's when you under... Man, anybody can sing Amazing Grace. But can I tell you, to understand just how amazing it is, man, you need an encounter with Jesus. You need to understand that He suffered, bled, and died just for you. Grace. <laughs> Undeserved kindness. Unmerited favor, somebody said. Grace is God's goodness. The passage we just read says, poured out on those of us who don't deserve it. Maybe you, like me, spent a part of your life trying to earn God's love, trying to earn His grace, trying to earn His forgiveness, trying to behave in such a way that He would smile on you. Man, I tried. Anybody else? How'd that work out for you? Did you get there? Did you get to that place where you behaved enough and you followed enough rules to, to, to line up? No. Scripture says, for all of sin and fallen short of God's glory. There's, it, I don't care how good you are, you're not good enough. That's the good news, man. We know Jesus. Jesus offers us His grace. Listen, it says... So we praise God for the glorious grace He has poured out on us who belong to His dear Son. What, is it, what, do, you, what do you think the word belong means? It means He owns you. 
That means your life has ceased to exist. That you have surrendered every part of your life. And let me tell you something, that's a process. How many of you are still in the surrendering process, just so I know? Yeah, me too. I'm not there yet. I'm getting there. I'm not who I... You've heard me say this a thousand times. I'm not who I need to be, but I sure am glad I'm not who I used to be. To belong to Jesus means I've traded my life for His. And I promise you, I can get the better end of that deal. I've traded my plans for His. I've traded my thoughts for His. And I just... I just need you to hear from me today that and if you don't belong to Jesus. Now listen, I, it didn't say belong to a church. If you don't belong to Jesus, man, and you want to experience some of the things we're talking about today, just try. And, and you know, I, 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 sometimes I get frustrated. I, I probably shouldn't say what I'm getting ready to say. Sometimes I get frustrated when I know people have been in church all their life. And, and I start talking this way, and I get, the, I get the sense in the room that there are people who think I'm talking to somebody else. I want you to hear, hear my heart when I tell you. I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about belonging to Jesus in full pardon for your sin. We, we used the word Wednesday night when Clint was talking. I can't believe I did not shut down my volume on my iPad. Y'all forgive me, but if I don't do this, it's going to drive me crazy. We use the term Wednesday night. How many of you heard the phrase, somebody got saved? I love that, but, you know, some, sometimes that means somebody joined a church, somebody got religious, somebody got... I like this term. Jesus rescued me. All right. So you're blessed because you know the love of God. You're, you're blessed because you're a recipient of God's grace. Here, you're blessed because you have access to the wisdom of God. Ephesians 1 and 17 says, Asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to be just real and transparent. I guess I, that's nothing new. I, I consider myself a relatively intelligent person. Would you, I mean, I, and I'm sure you would say the same thing about yourself. That, you know, Maybe you, you know, maybe you're not the brightest bulb in the box, but you didn't fall off a turnip truck. You, you're reasonably intelligent, right? It's not enough. It's not enough to live this life with reasonable intelligence. Can I tell you, I need the mind of Christ, the wisdom of God, to be able to get out of my bed in the morning sometimes. How many of you would say that there's been a time when you just didn't know what to do? You didn't know where to turn. You didn't know what step two was, much less step seven. See, part of the bless, that one of the heavenly blessings that he's talking about is having access to the wisdom of God and not to lean on your own understanding. 
but acknowledge Him in all your ways, and He will direct your paths. Do you know how I, I know that works? Not because I memorized that scripture, but because for the better part of my life, I've seen it work. That when I don't know what to do, when I don't know what to buy, when I don't know how to treat my wife the, the way she needs to be treated, when I don't know how to raise my children, when I don't know how to pastor this church, a blessing from God is that He offers me His wisdom. Because I'm going to tell you, I'm just going to lay it out there, I'm not smart enough to pastor you people. I need the wisdom of God. So you have access to his wisdom you're blessed because you act you have access to the power of god here's what scripture says in ephesians 1 verses 19 and 20 i also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of god's power for who us who believe him the greatness of God's power for us who believe Him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated Him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Verse chapter 3 says it this way. Now all glory to God who is able through His mighty power at work within us. You have access to the power of God. See, I, I believe that. God has chosen to use you and I. God has chosen to use broken, shattered, fragile humanity to spread the gospel of His Son, Jesus. And the only way we're going to do that is with divine, heavenly power. How many would say it like this? That sometimes you need power just to live. Has there ever been a Monday morning when you thought, I just want to take these covers, roll over, and stay buried in this cocoon just all day long? Yes. And, and where are you going to find that power to live when you don't have it on your own? I believe it's available to you by the power of the Holy Spirit and the love of God that works in your life. I believe that He can give you power to live this life. Sometimes, listen, days are great. Days are fun. Sometimes days are hell on earth. And where are you going to find that power? Yourself? You're going to, you know, transcendentally meditate enough to find that power inside? You know you won't. doesn't work that way. But I believe when you fall in love with Jesus and you lean on His presence and power, that he'll, His power will begin to work in you. Power to live. Listen, power to love. Donna talked about this morning in, in growth group. We're called to love each other, right? Have you ever been unlovable? No, not you. Okay, has the person besides you ever been unlovable? <laughs> Kathy, don't, don't, he, she's elbowing John. <laughs> I'm not supposed to tell everybody that was I. <laughs> I believe God offers power for us to fulfill what he, he told us, didn't he? You, you said it this morning, to love each other, that we're supposed to love each other like he loved us. And can I tell you, I can't love like Christ loved without the power of Christ working in my life. And so he's blessed us with that power. And then lastly, you're blessed because you've got a reason to hope. <laughs> he, Ephesians 1 and 18 says it this way, I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light. 
so that you can understand this confident hope he's given to those he called. His holy people who are as rich in glorious inheritance. And I, I shared this Wednesday night, but I have to share this today. Um, many of you know the, the awful circumstances around Mark and Melissa Ford and their family. Um, and, and, and I'm not going to rehash all that because it's, it's, we, we don't have time. And, and many of you know it, but just sum, to sum it up, they tragically lost their oldest son. And it, it, no other word, tragically. And um, I've been worried about Mark. And I know you're not supposed to worry. I get it. But I was worried about Mark. And so I, I shot him a text, and I wound up spending some time with him this past week in Athens. And, and he had to drive Wesley's car from Athens to Blairsville by himself. And I was worried about him. Because how many know that was not an easy commute to drive your son, who you tragically lost, to drive his car from Athens. It's a little over a two-hour drive. So I was worried about him. So I sent him a text, did you make it to Blairsville okay? And he responded, and he, he called me the next morning. He said, I just need you, I need you to hear something from me. And he said, I need you to share this with our church. And oh, by the way, just because they're two hours away, they, this is their church. And the way you guys served them proved that. It was a beautiful thing. He said, I, I need you to understand something. Tell the church not to worry about me, not to worry about Melissa, and not to worry about Will. Tell them that if anyone's ever doubted the power of prayer and the grace of God, they should talk to me. Because I need you to know, Dwayne, it works. The grace of God has covered us and showered us in such a way Listen, we're hurting, we're grieving, but we're okay. We're making it through. You don't have to worry about us. He said, this thing is real. That's how you can have hope. Beyond, listen, if, if all our hope is in this world, in this life, listen, I, there are days I love my life, and I know you do as well, but listen, if this is all there is, these 60, 80, 90, whatever, how many ever years we're on there, if this is all there is, but it's not all there is. We just read, we have a confident hope. If you're here today, maybe you've been, maybe you've been a part of a church all your life, but you don't have that confident hope. Man, you, you you don't have to leave without it. See, that scripture we, 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 just, we just read says that your hearts will be flooded with light. Clint talked about light a lot Wednesday night at our, in, our, uh, in our Wednesday night growth group when he's sharing his testimony. And, I, and it took me back to a, a passive scripture in John chapter 1. I wanted to read it to you as we get ready to close here in just a minute. John chapter 1 says, In the beginning was the Word. Now, John uses that phrase, the Word, to talk about Jesus. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was God. The Word was with God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Him, and nothing was created except through Him. You get in the picture? Jesus was there at creation. Nothing that was created was created without Him. You, you, you there so far? And here's what he said. 
In him was life to everything that created, that was created. And the life brought light to everyone. Here's where your hope is. The light shines in the darkness. And the darkness can never extinguish it. Here's your hope. Regardless of how dark it gets. How many of you have been through a dark time? Regardless of how dark it gets. It can never get so dark to extinguish the light of Christ. That's your hope. Here's what Mark said, and I, I, I love this. He said, I've learned that when my back was against the wall. Now, you had to understand, he just lost his oldest son. He said, I learned that when my back was against the wall, I could lean into the grace of God. Let me, t- you can't, if that hope isn't real, you can't say that. 14 days after you lost your, your oldest son. So I'm going to give you four things to do. I'm going to give you four things to do really quickly. Four things, four changes we all might need to make, okay? If, if what I've told you today is true, the best way for us to experience this in our own life is to do these four things. Number one, change your identity. Hey, listen, I'm a pastor, but that's not my identity. My wife's a school teacher and a mute worship leader, but that's not her identity. I love the Matthew West song that says, Hello, my name is child of the one true king. That's who I am today. I'm a child of God. That's my identity. That's who I am. The other stuff is what I do. But who I am is a child of God. Change your identity. Change the way you think. That's number two. Change your perspective. You don't have room to write this down, I don't think, but, and they're not on slides. Or did I? Yeah, I did. I put them on slides. I, I, didn't, I didn't give you blanks for that, but, but find a place to jot this down because this will help you. Change your perspective. Change the way you look at things. So maybe, maybe this week when you walk through that difficult trial at work, you have a situation at home, let's change our perspective and thinking, oh, Oh, God, what's, what now? Anybody ever said that? I remember one time, our, our air conditioner, our washing machine, and our vacuum cleaner all broke within 45 minutes of each other. Anybody ever have a day like that? And you're like, what are you doing? Maybe change our perspective. Instead of, God, what are you doing? How about this? God, what are you, what are you teaching me? Where, where do I need to grow in this whole process? See, our, our goal was to move what? Forward. God, what are you... How are you going to use... How are you going to redeem these, these momentary light afflictions and, and redeem them to move me forward and closer to you? Change your perspective. Change your language. I'm not saying don't cuss so much, even though you shouldn't, but... You know how you change your language? This is not really, this is a little bit of a rabbit trail, so just bear with me. What comes out of your mouth will change when you change what goes in your mind. See, if all you listen to is negativity and all you listen to is, is, is stuff that's going to drag you down and beat you up, then guess what's going to come out of your mouth? Hurt people hurt people. Blessed people bless people. 
Man, that was worth worth the price of you coming in here today. Hurt people hurt people. Blessed people. So are you hurt? Are you blessed? If you know Jesus and your life belongs to him, either this book's a lie or you're a blessed person today. I don't care what you drive, where you live, what you had for supper. If, if this book is true and your life belongs to Jesus, you're blessed. And that's what needs to come out of your mouth. Change your identity, change your perspective, change your language, change your focus. We, we said in a, ser- a sermon not too long ago that we follow what we focus. Guess what I'm, I'm trying to focus on? I'm trying to seek God first with all my heart. I want to focus on Him. I don't want to focus on my circumstances. I don't want to focus on my checkbook. I don't want to focus on anything but put my focus where it belongs, the name of Jesus. Donna, come. Will you pray with me? Donna, as Donna comes and plays, I want you to bow your head and just nobody's looking around. It's funny, I say that all the time and everybody cheats. Nobody, nobody look around. Um, here, here's how I want us to pray today. I, w- I want you in your, own, in your own way to identify which one of those four action steps I just gave you, 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 need, you need to change right now. For some of you, you need to change your identity. You walked in here defeated, discouraged, far from God. I want you to leave rescued a child of the one true king. Maybe you would say that you you walked in here and your perspective was flawed. There were more curses coming out of your mouth than blessings. So your language was flawed. Or maybe your focus has been I don't know focused in the wrong place so I want to pray with you today all all over this room everybody in this room so I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand because everybody in this room needs to change something so I just want you to identify that one thing is it your identity is it your perspective is it your language is it your focus and I want you to give that to Jesus when we pray So you may need his power to change your perspective. You may need his wisdom to change your language. You'll need his grace to change your identity. So I'm going to pray with you. Just so I know. How many would agree with me and say, Dwayne, I'm changing something today? Just... Let me see your hands. Amen. Me too. Father, in Jesus' name. Change us. Mold us and shape us to the image of your Son. Thank you that we are a blessed people. That those of us who know Jesus, whose lives have been redeemed and rescued, we walk in blessing and faith. Even when our circumstances dictate otherwise, we walk in blessing and faith. And for that, we're forever grateful. Thank you that you have blessed us with every spiritual, heavenly blessing. 
And we declare that with our mouth, that we are blessed people. God, some of us are changing our identity today. We're not going to be known as a pastor, school teacher, bus driver, police officer, ex-addict. We're known today as a child of the one true because we surrendered our life to the Lord Jesus. God, some of us are changing our perspective today. Help us to look at things through your eyes. God, instead of wondering why things happen, maybe we can understand what it is you're trying to teach us through circumstances of our life. God, some of us need to change our language. God, help us to speak more blessing than curses. And God, many of us need to change our focus today. God, instead of focusing on the negativity that can exist in this world instead of focusing on frustration and failure, instead of focusing on problems and people, help us place our focus where it belongs, the cross of Christ and the Savior that hung there. God, I pray your blessing on everyone in this building. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. God, thank you for doing a work in somebody's life today. God, I, I sense in the deepest part of my heart, God, that you're changing somebody's season, that you're doing a work that only you can do, that the Holy Spirit of God is doing a work in someone's life today, in Jesus' name. We thank you for that. Amen. Amen. Now, here's what I want you to do. Um, This week, I want you to make a commitment. And I, honestly, I want everybody in the room to do this. I want you to commit to reading the first two chapters of the book of Ephesians. Listen to me. If you're a slow reader, it'll take you about 17 minutes. If you're a, if you're a quick reader, you can read the entire book in about 25 minutes. I'm not kidding. Six chapters. I want you to read the first two at least one time. I'd like some of you to read it every day. I'd like you to take the time every day to read. I mean, I showed you that, that first chapter, how much it talked about who you are. See, you've been listening to the wrong voices tell you who you are. Why don't you concentrate this week and listen to Jesus? Listen to what God says about who you are. And man, just pour that into your life every day this week. So here's what I want you to do. I don't know what it is, but there's something psychologically that happens when you say, I'll do something. On the back of your connection card, I want you to flip it over. There's a checkbox there that says, I'll read Ephesians 1 and 2 this week. I want you to check that. I'd love it if everybody in this room checked that box. Because can I tell you, there's more power in God's Word that you'll put it in your heart than than 10,000 sermons. So check that box. Our ushers are getting ready to serve you. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to prepare your best gift. I want you to make sure you put that connection card. If if you're here, you've already given online. Man, it's important to me to say this every week. Thank you so much for for your gift. I I know it feels weird to pass the the bag and you've already, you're not really putting anything in there. That's why you need to put your connection card in there every week, right? But thank you for for giving online. You guys are so faithful. Our ushers are going to serve you. Put your connection card and your best gift in that bag, and we'll bless it once it gets to the front.